0: live well podcast episode number 23
1: hi and welcome to live well podcast i'm kim and i'm Allie. we are a mother-daughter team from the chicagoland area i hope you've
0: gotten used to the new name although our format is the same how are you doing Allie? i'm good how are you Good. We are here to bring you simple tips um, in order to live well. Yes. Um, So do you want to just get started? Sure. All right. Um, We've got two topics today we're going to combine together. Uh, One will be about makeup and the other one is about eyebrows. So our first... um, I'm going to talk about flawless makeup. And the secret to flawless makeup is preparing your skin. So the best way to get a natural, flawless look... With makeup, is to start with healthy skin, and obviously, I mean, that plays into um, diet and exercise also. Preparing the skin is the way to achieve a radiant finish, and we're going to have some tips for you today that you can follow so you can have a more youthful, hydrated look in your skin. And the bonus part is that the makeup will be a lot easier to apply. So the first tip is to be sure to use an appropriate pH-balanced cleanser. It's also very important to rinse thoroughly after cleansing because if there's any residue of cleanser that's left over, it could affect the application of makeup. If the cleanser is not pH balanced, your skin may still be chemically changing to its normal pH level when you start putting your skincare products or makeup on, and this can cause the makeup to wear off faster, and it could also uh, cause the skin to become irritated or maybe experience a breakout.
1: Which is not good. No. (laughs) Um, The second thing you should do is remove dead skin cells with light exfoliators. Um, This will give a smoother and softer appearance. The buildup of dead skin cells will cause your makeup to look cakey and it leading to a look of thick textured skin.
0: Right. And I just wanted to make a note. Um, Some light exfoliators would be... um, Skincare products that have hydroxy acids, salicylic acids, or glycolics. Those are um, light chemical exfoliators. Uh, tip number three, oily skin tends to look shiny about two hours after makeup application. And uh, typically, people usually uh, correct this problem with applying a lot of powder, but that can sometimes cause breakouts. Um, and then it can also just kind of get uh, thick and heavy throughout the day. Um, So I do want to mention Arbonne has a mattifying powder that is a great product that absorbs oil. And I've used it, even though I don't have oily skin, but I also have a lot of clients that use it. And what's great about it is it's really light. So as you're using it throughout the day, you don't get that thick, heavy, caked-on feeling. Um, So for dry, dehydrated, or sensitive skin, a nutritious conditioning mask can help minimize dry, fine lines and reduce redness. It helps hydrate skin and even out the skin tone.
1: Um, Another tip Hydrating the skin with moisturizer can also help Um, You get a softer and smoother application of makeup And the moisturizer plumps up the surface of the skin
0: Number five If you want one of the best kept secrets In the professional makeup industry It is primer Hmm. This is something that I only learned I don't know maybe a couple years ago Since I got started with Arbonne I had never heard of primer until I got started with Arbonne But primer is amazing And now I use it every day So the primer is something that you would put on after you've cleansed and moisturized your skin, you put it on before your makeup. And primer can be used um, for all skin types. What it does is it fills in the creases and crevices so that your foundation or powder will not seep into those lines and then make them more obvious. Primer also acts like a physical barrier, so it keeps your moisturizer and your skin oils from mixing with your makeup and this way um, because sometimes when um, your skin oil or moisturizer mix with the makeup it can change the color of your makeup but the primer prevents that and therefore your makeup will remain true to its color and it'll stay on longer as well.
1: That's interesting. Um, Makeup tips to keep you from day to evening. As the day goes by, even the best applied makeup will fade or disappear. So um, I have some quick touch-up tips to help you get that freshly applied look you started with earlier in the day. The first tip is to remove all of your lipstick and lip liner. You want a fresh application to go with your revived makeup. Um, Apply a light layer of lip conditioner to soften and smooth your lips while you touch up the rest of your face. If um,
0: Over the course of the day, if things look a little too messy or dark under your eyes... A cotton swab with a little bit of moisturizer on there, um, on the end of the the cotton swab, can help clean up the area. Um, I know often we tend to want to just use water, but moisturizer actually is a trick that works better. Um, it cleans up under the eyes and kind of gets rid of the smudges, but it doesn't break down the makeup that you would apply over it. So that's a, a little secret that uh, Yeah,
1: I've never works. heard that. Um. If your eyeshadow has creased or eyeliner has run, um, just blot the area gently with a tissue, then use a brush or disposable sponge to smooth out the remaining color. Then you can apply a little translucent pressed powder over the area to catch any excess oil. Or you can use Arbonne's Mattifying Power, which is great for absorbing oil. Then reapply shadow and liner as needed to make your eye makeup look fresh again. If you have oily skin blot away
0: any excess oil with a blotting tissue or you can use a facial tissue but don't use the tissues that have the lotion in them. You can press it lightly over the shiny areas on your face and then you would want to do this before you do anything else and then again I know we've been talking about the mattifying powder but it really is a pretty amazing product and that um, also works great for absorbing oil and keeping oil um, controlled throughout the day.
1: Once the excess oil on your skin has been blotted, remove the blotting tissue and use a disposable sponge to smooth out your foundation, concealer, and blush. Um, women with dry and normal skin should also follow this step. Use a gentle buffing motion, make sure to smooth all the edges as you go.
0: Use your favorite foundation to touch up blemishes, faded areas, and around the mouth and blend with your fingers I think actually that's that's what I do when i'm blending um, concealer or foundation I think it's easier. And I feel like I have more control with fingers, but I know some people like the sponge um, for application. I do want to say, though, that um, you should only be using disposable sponges. And once you use them, throw them away. Do not hang on to them because uh, they have bacteria oil. collects them. Yeah. In
1: them. Um, then you can apply a little foundation or concealer under the eyes to highlight and brighten the center of your face, which is a cool thing to do.
0: Yeah. Lightly dust translucent powder over the face. A kabuki brush is best for this step. And this also helps to set makeup and give you a soft, smooth finish.
1: Kabuki. That's a funny (laughs) word. Uh, Apply more blush or bronzer and finish with a touch of highlight powder over the tops of your cheekbones. And then finally,
0: blot off any excess lip conditioner. And while you were doing the rest of your face, the lip conditioner was working to smooth and hydrate your lips. And then you are ready to reapply lip liner and lipstick. And then ready to go out on the town.
1: Sounds good to me. (laughs) Um, I have final fun tips to give your evening makeup some extra pizzazz with. (laughs) Um, Shimmering eyeshadow brush lightly over the lid. You can use extra black liner smudged with a brush or a cotton swab for a smoky effect. Um, And then a dab of high shine gloss with a burst of shimmering sparkle over your lipstick to give it a gleam. Thanks, Sally. That's good.
0: Okay, now we're going to talk about eyebrows. And it probably sounds like how much could you possibly talk about eyebrows, but I actually didn't. I thought I knew about how to do my eyebrows until, I don't know, a couple years ago when someone informed me that I wasn't doing them correctly. And then I started learning a lot more about how to maintain the shape and how to get the proper shape. So we're going to talk a little bit about that Uh, one of the things that I want to mention though is um, like when we're viewing artwork a frame helps to focus the viewer's attention to the art itself and that is actually what our eyebrows do they do the same for our eyes Um, they also help in our facial communication because they convey attitudes and feelings how often do we move our eyebrows around when we're talking (laughs) eyebrows reflect our outward beauty and our inward indications of our emotions
1: I think that's a really good way to look at it like Comparing it to viewing artwork, because they are a frame. You're right about that. Well, it it, it kind of, uh, yeah, it frames the eyes, and
0: depending on how the eyebrows are, you want to draw attention to your eyes. That's the purpose.
1: Mm-hmm. And if they're, I've learned that if they're more clean, then you notice your eyes more. Right. Balanced and symmetrical eyebrows should have a natural shape that opens the eyes and enhances all of a woman's facial features. When creating this type of brow, there are a few basic elements to consider. So we're going to talk about balance
0: and symmetry. Um, Because we draw attention to our brows repeatedly by using them to add emphasis in conversation or for expression, as we were just talking about, it's important that they remain as realistically symmetrical as possible. In achieving balance and symmetry for the eyebrows, you should follow these basic rules. Um, As we go through these rules, I just kind of wanted you to know that Um, These are useful if you want to reshape your brows, and it kind of gives you a guideline as to, you know, where your brow should start, where it should end, and where the art should be. Um, Some of it might sound a little bit tedious, and, you know, not everyone needs to follow all of these steps, but um, we'll get you set up. So the first um, thing that I want to talk about for the starting point is determining the inner edge of the brow, and it's easiest to use, like, a small brow pencil... And if you run it vertically along the side, the right side of your nose, so it's flush against your face, and then where it hits your brow um, on the inside starting point of your brow, that's where it should be. So if you imagine putting that pencil along your your nose and up towards your eyebrow, where that pencil ends is where the eyebrow starts. So you want to mark that spot and then repeat on the left side.
1: So basically to make sure you don't go too far towards the center.
0: Right. Although the error that I had made was I was tweezing my brows too far apart. So actually, my brows weren't coming in close enough towards my nose. Mm. So I've I've seen people where they let them grow in too close. You know, so so then you run the danger of it starting to look a little bit like one brow, right? Unibrow thing. A unibrow. Um, But I actually, my mistake was they were too far apart. So mm. I needed to start letting my eyebrows fill in a little bit. Um, to extend them a little bit.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, this tip is about arching. To find, uh, find your arch by holding the base of the pencil at the center of your lips and angle it until the inside edge of the pencil aligns with the outer edge of your iris, and that, which is the colored part of your eye. Um, the highest point of the arch should be where the inside edge of the pencil meets your brow. And then you can repeat it on the other side. Okay, and then the ending point, you'll locate the outer edge
0: of your brow by holding the bottom of the pencil at the center of your bottom lip and then aligning the top of the pencil with the outer corner of your right eye. And where the inside edge of the pencil hits your brow is where it should end. And then mark that spot with a pencil and then repeat the step on the other side.
1: Um, This one is about sketching in the shape. Using a brow pencil or a brow powder on a soft, round brush, lightly sketch in your ideal eyebrow silhouette based on the points you, de- you determined in the previous steps. Use a white pencil or concealer stick to mark any stray brow hairs that fall outside of the determined parameters. Next, you want to tweeze
0: the stray hairs that you've covered with the white pencil or the concealer. So you want to pull the skin tight and tweeze the hairs in the direction of the hair growth. Um, I think pulling it tight helps you to, um, I think it doesn't hurt as much that way, but definitely you want to pull in the direction of the way the hair grows. Don't rush and then move back and forth between the brows every few hairs and then step back often to look at your whole face. And I do want to mention that it's best not to use a magnifying mirror. I know often, um, you know, this might make sense because then you can see them better. But sometimes using uh, a magnifying mirror allows you to um, see too much, and then often people will over-tweeze. So just use a regular mirror, and then um, to keep up with it, you would tweeze newly sprung stray hairs every few days.
1: Trim random extra-long hairs. Use a brow brush to brush your hairs straight up. With brow scissors, regular scissors aren't sharp or small enough. Um, Trim any hairs that extend above the natural brow shape. Brush brows straight down and trim hairs that extend below it.
0: That just um, helps give it a cleaner look. So you don't have some of these straggle things that kind of stick up or below the the brow line. Or above. Right. Now we're going to talk about thickness and thinness. So how thick or how thin should the brows be? Um, I think this is somewhat of a personal choice. A thick brow uh, does, if it's too thick, though, it can close down the eye area, and then it also minimizes the space available for eye makeup. And if the brows are too thin, they can sometimes look kind of hard, cold, or artificial looking.
1: Um, Color and maintenance. The color of the eyebrows is best when using a brow shade similar to the color of the hair. This helps create a contrast between the eyebrows and the complexion. Um, There are some exceptions, though. For instance... For platinum and light blondes, the brows would disappear if they were the same color as the hair. Dark blonde or taupe brows might be better. For redheads, the
0: brows would look too understated, so a light brown might be a better color choice.
1: For fair-skinned brunettes, black-colored brows against their light skin tone would appear harsh and artificial-looking. Light brown or cocoa might work better. Uh, There
0: also are a number of different methods for enhancing eyebrow color or for filling in sparse spots. Eyebrow pencils. To make the uh, pencil appear more natural looking it's best to apply it with a light thin hair like stroke in the same direction in which the brows grow. And since pencil can look harsh you want to go with a shade that's a little bit softer and lighter than your natural brow color. And then you definitely do not want to use it to fill in bare spots or to extend a short brow because pencil looks kind of waxy and fake on bare skin. So for that instance, you would want to use powder instead. And for long lasting coverage, lightly brush the matching shadow over the pencil and then you can set the look with clear brow gel. And then powder is another choice. You have two choices with powder. Powder designed specifically for filling in the brows or you can just use regular powder eyeshadow. You can apply it with a firm flat angled brush and it'll add a subtle natural color to your brows tab off any excess powder into the sink and then brush it onto brows in quick short strokes and then again for a polished look you can set it with the clear brow gel I don't know if you've ever heard of that before Allie no
1: I've never heard of brow gel
0: clear brow gel is like a brush it's almost a little bit like a mascara wand um, but it's clear and then you just use it to brush your eyebrows and it It's not real thick or heavy, but it just helps to kind of control the hairs. Kind of like you'd put hairspray on your hair to kind of keep it in place. Mm. The brow gel keeps the eyebrow hairs in place.
1: Now we're going to talk about maintenance. You can maintain brow shape with tweezing or waxing. For waxing, redness should only last an hour or so after waxing. Um, And make sure you use sunscreen after waxing because that is new, bare skin that's there. And it's important to cover that up with sunscreen when you go outside. Uh, Something else to keep in mind
0: if you do wax or go to salons to wax, if you're using any type of retinol products, you would want to stop using those products a few days before waxing because um, that can cause lifting of the skin. And then for people with rosacea like me, uh, you would not want to do waxing. Um, that can be uh, that can cause too much uh, trauma to the skin. And irritation. Yeah, an irritation. So I don't do waxing. But you've done it, Allie. So. I have. I've done it two times. You want to talk a little bit about it?
1: Sure. I actually uh, find it kind of convenient because uh, I actually like this better than plucking. Maybe because, one, I'm not used to plucking. But plucking is just like each individual hair, and it's multiple times that you feel hair, you know, getting taken out of your skin. But with waxing, it's just... You do it twice, once to each uh, eyebrow, and it's over with and goes by really fast, like getting a shot.
0: But you pull them all... With waxing, you would be pulling them all out at once versus tweezing where you have to do it one at a time. Right. right.
1: I prefer the waxing.
0: Yeah. I have never done waxing, and because I have rosacea, I can't do waxing, so obviously I'm tweezing. There is another method... I'm not real familiar with this method, um but it's called threading, and I think it's becoming a lot more popular. Um, they use cotton thread, and apparently from what I understand they use the the salon will use it to twist and pull along a row of unwanted hair and then it removes multiple hairs from the roots at once so threading lifts the hair directly from the follicle. The pain factor is similar to similar to tweezing and the procedure is speedy and more precise than waxing and relatively painless but I haven't tried it so I can't really say too much more about it but that is another option and I think it's becoming more popular I just stick with my tweezers (laughs) so that's all we have for today I hope uh, you got something useful today I think it's a wrap, Allie it's a wrap we hope you got something worthwhile from today's podcast and we hope you'll join us for the next show Our plan is to bring you simple tips that will allow you to live better.
1: If you have any questions or want to hear a specific topic on our podcast, please call us or email us. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us at 312-957-7087 or email us at feedback at livewellpodcast.com. We might even use your question on our next show. You can also find us at livewellpodcast.com, our website. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of you.
0: Lord willing, we will be with you on our next show. Have a joyful, healthy week.
1: Simple information to help you live well and bloom where you are.